Hey, this is the Bridging Realities Podcast with your hosts, Danielle Polgar and Eugenia Crock. Bridging the esoteric and the practical concepts of astrology into everyday life. We're happy you're hanging out with us and we hope you enjoy. Hey, people, welcome back to another episode of this Bridging Realities Podcast that we have going on here. How's it going? Um, it's going, it's going, it's going, it's going. It's fun to talk to you again per usual. I enjoy it in our conversations. So, uh, I'm well, yeah. What's going on in your world, Ms. Danny? Oh, lots of things. And yeah, it's been quite a day. I mean, we talked earlier, we recorded the show that you will hear earlier today and now we're revisiting, um, to just record the intro and definitely feeling the intensity of the full moon energy as I didn't really sleep last night at all. Mm. So, um, yeah. What about you? Um, I love what I do. Good. <laughs> Great. That's, that's where I'm at. You know, I think life throws you all kinds of funny things, but I don't know. I just love astrology. I just do. I just, I, I just had a, a whole nice day of client work with people and it just, it's so good. It feels good. So good. It's yeah. so good. <laughs> it's so good. It's so enriching and fulfilling and yeah, I totally feel you on that girl. Yeah. Like, you know, I, <clears throat> I didn't sleep much last night. I haven't slept much this week, in fact. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I've got a lot going on and, and I've had like a, I have a 13 hour long day today with clients and teaching and all that good stuff. And, and I'm jazzed, you know, you know, there's something about waking up after not having slept and seeing the thing that you actually have energy to do, you know, like if I had to go to a job where, uh, that I didn't enjoy much, I would probably be really tired right now. Um, but I'm actually like energized because I just got to spend the day doing stuff I love. So that's fun. That's That's a fun thing. That's so great. I mean, I wish that for every person on the planet that they get to do that. Right. Yeah. Totally. Right. And, and, and it's a matter of just like embracing at some point, you know, the challenges that also are married to this feeling. Um, but I'd rather have those challenges than forcing myself into life. Um, or forcing myself into role, a role that isn't, um, appropriate for me. And maybe this is cause the full moon is on my son right now. Right. I'm an Aquarius. Right. And yeah. Um, and also, you know, being that Aquarian, like outside of the box kind of person pursuing your own way, going your own way, all that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm I'm feeling energized by this particular full moon. So that's fun. Great. Yeah. I'm exhausted. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. I, it's on my ascendant by like three degrees. Right. <sighs> yeah. But I just went for a walk and that really helped. So yeah. Totally. I, I just moving my body is key. Clutch, yeah. Getting that that blood flow going. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I really enjoyed our conversation this morning yeah. with our guest and um clients are just amazing people and thank you for coming my way and finding me all mm. the gems of humans right yes what? love it it's so magical it's so Absolutely. magical how did how do we find each other and and how lucky yeah. are we that, oh, that yeah. people find us and we connect and and we crack open potential mm-hmm. mm. 
I don't yeah. know. I'm just really jazzed. Really I know. Jazzed. It's great. And I think there was something that you said in, in the recording this morning. Of course, I'm going to space out on it now, but <laughs> You know, oh, like that it can be medicinal both ways. Like how working with clients really gives us the medicine that we need as well. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about us helping them. It's like, what am I going to say to this client that's really going to reverberate and be helpful for me as well? What do I need to hear? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Love it. Like, for example, um, the... uh, I think I I I had... Yeah, I had a client, I think, just before the podcast we recorded and then everyone that I've seen today has had the same chart, um, as Jane, our guest. Mm. Uh huh. So that's funny, isn't it? That happens. Yeah. Right. It's, it's those vortexes. Like how did that chart just walk into this office that many times in a row? And what do I clearly need to hear? You know, like what, what's, Mm. why is this in my face right now? Because it's a co-creative process. Um, Nobody is better than anyone else. We just are guides in the way we guide and, and, and everyone has that skill of whatever it might be, you know, whether it's carpentry or astrology, it doesn't really matter. Um, And, and what can we, yeah, what, what's needing to emerge and be revealed and, and, and shown in, in those vortexes. So it's, mm-hmm. it's fascinating work. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I kind of feel like I'm definitely on another planet right now, so you'll have to excuse <laughs> me, but you know, um, well, you are on another planet to another planet in the universe. So <laughs> you are. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> we're really weird to other beings in the universe. And if you're listening, you don't think that there are other beings. Well, ha ha ha, because that is just absurd and, um, no judgment toward you, towards you at all. But I have a feeling that the, the life forms that are out there probably don't resemble anything of what we actually consider life. Mm. It's just what we identify. There's probably so many different, like interdimensional beings out there that, you know, we wouldn't recognize necessarily. So I bet there's beings and energy of life forms on other planets, even within our solar system. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh yeah. It's endless. The potential. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did ever tell you, I got in a, um, a fairly heated debate with a rocket scientist about aliens. (laughs) No, I never heard about this. (laughs) It was like in a public forum to, I didn't, not a public forum, but we were at a, a public restaurant and I just, I got so upset with him. I had to actually like get up and walk away. Um, but somehow I met him through my parents and he was a rocket scientist at Lockheed Martin um, for NASA. And he, he just refused. He said, there's absolutely no way. There's no way no way we've been visited by other life forms. And I was like, that's from your science. Right. Right. Exactly. How can a scientist even say that, that, you know, Isn't you, they the, don't know. The it's all of science. Exactly. Yeah. That it's, you're questing the truth. Cause it's, it's impossible mm-hmm. to get to. Um, it was very frustrating. So I'm not, I, I, you know, I've actually met a couple of people who work for NASA in my day and they're all to my, from my experience, they're relatively closed minded, which has mm. been interesting. Um, Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but and- not surprising. I mean, I feel like in that scientist realm, there's such a, uh, you know, a lockdown. And like, if you can't mm-hmm. prove it, then it's not real. Right. And it's just debunked. And we, we kind of are in this. I think that's a, the tricky part about 
kind of bridging into the age of Aquarius Mm. is that like you were mentioning this on another episode that like scientists are like gods or Mm -hmm. something like Mm -hmm. we believe like we replaced the Piscean age of faith Mm -hmm. you know faith-based religions and all that into like well can it be proven kind of thing right you know so right and we've we've delineated or we've separated spirituality from science and that is that's not appropriate that doesn't make any sense to separate the two I right. mean, we're catching, we're, we're, we're trying to catch a, a vibe uh, that w- we don't quite know what it is, right? There's this, there's this extra planet right now in our solar system that we, or that they feel is out there, but they can't see it. They're right. trying to catch a, 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 an idea, a spirit. You know, I don't mean to digress, but I'm going to mention this very quickly. Have you seen Interstellar, the movie? Oh, it's epic. Yeah, oh, of God. So good. I'd, I'd watch it tonight if I could. Totally. I've watched I watch it, it many, many times. <laughs> it's like a, it's a total obsession for me. But that, that piece where the character Anne Hathaway plays, you know, she argues, I want to go to the planet where the man I love is. And they're like, yeah, but da, 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 da. And she's like, but doesn't that mean something? Like, why do right. we, why do we love something? Like, what is that? And he's like, it's utility. It makes babies. And she's like, but why do we miss things when they're dead then? Like, what's mm. the utility in that? Like love is spirit. It, you know, why do we fall in love with the people we fall in love with? Why do we love what we love? You know, we can look into the chart. We can do whatever we want. But at the end of the day, like, it's magic. <laughs> it's spirit. Mm-hmm. It's unmeasurable love. Um, but it, it's the nucleus of everything. And so... Um, and it's s- not something that you can prove. You can't, like, right. put it in a Petri dish and, like, move it around and put it with, like, other chemicals, you know, all this stuff. And it's just a feeling. And it's something it's that is kind of unexplainable it's the the if not death being one of you know the greatest mysteries of course but love is a mystery mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Totally. like what is that i don't know right yeah. and i think scientists will continue to try to figure that out it's fun it's or funny. maybe not they're yeah they're like <laughs> we'll so, let that one go <laughs> yeah we'll let that one go we'll leave that up to the philosophers and you know yeah. whoever else the yeah. artists and stuff. we'll that. deal with like the things that are actually real right. and important right yeah. Oh, it's so dumb. I anyway. just listening to the show being like, well, I kind of like astrology, but I kind of like science too. Sorry, guys. You know, right. I totally get it. I, I really vibe on that. I, I think that there is, you know, a scientist in a way as an astrologer, you do have to be a scientist Absolutely. because you're exploring things, you're uncovering things, you're observing. I mean, the biggest thing that you're doing. And, and then of course, experimenting and identifying what your findings are from the research that you're doing. I mean, it really is a scientific process, Mm -hmm. but, um, as we were speaking, you know, on the episode, it's kind of like, it's just more interpretive. So it's very poetic and it's Mm -hmm. delivery. Mm -hmm. It's just so full. It's so full. It's (laughs) full of awesome. Awesome. And you know, it's interesting that we're talking about this with the full moon in Aquarius because Aquarius is (laughs) the astrologer. So the scientist actually, and the scientist, exactly. (laughs) technology yeah wow well yes full moon i am rocketed into a different dimension right now it's awesome i love it i love when you can just go there when it just like overtakes you know your life when you know you're just walking down the street one day and then you're like whoa 
this is so crazy. <laughs> like what's going on? This is amazing. Uh, that's fun. That's a fun thing. Very Aquarius full moon. So yeah. So uh, <clears throat> enough of this ridiculousness. Let's get into some astrology people. Uh, we yeah. will be, uh, as you all know, we've been taking donations. We love them. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we would love some reviews on iTunes and uh, stars and shares and social medias. We've got an Instagram, a Facebook. We are loving the love. Uh, we just, it's just great. It's great when people post something about us on the, the social media and say how neat we are. That's a good feeling. So nice. Really appreciate that, peeps. We really do. We really do. And we will work diligently to to try to, of course, continue to promote people we that inspire us as well and that's what we do when we bring people on the podcast is i think that's the way we get to do that um yeah so with those donations though we are doing the deal where to the highest bidder you win a a a a time a slot or whatever with us on the internet on the podcast on the Mm -hmm. episode uh, so do you want to explain that a little bit better to people as I'm not very articulate right now? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, if you go to our landing page, you donate on the new moon, we're going to pick the highest bidder. And then it depends on what you want to do. If you want to come on the show and you want to, as we, as you will see with our guest today, we took her chart and kind of went through our interpretation of it and just kind of talked about certain elements, not the whole entire chart, because it obviously takes a long time to do that. But if there's certain, you know, aspects of your life that you want to explore, you want to, you know, through the lens of astrology, or you want to talk about your transits or something from the past that you want to explore and see, um, we can certainly do that. And we could do that publicly on, you know, our show, or we can do it privately in a session with the two of us as well. So that is our thank you to you for your donation to us. And, um, it, it also allows you to promote yourself and whatever it is that you do on our podcast. So we encourage that we invite it and we look forward to seeing who will be the next winner. Yeah. And, and we, it's just such a fun little community that's being created right now. And, and we get to now open up the format to just continue to connect with each other. Um, I oftentimes refer to this as the virtual red tent of sorts, but even if men are listening, uh, it's, it's, it's a it's a fun space this podcast to sit down and listen to and 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 realize you're part of this group of people who are all interested and intrigued in the same things um and it helps us feel like we belong <laughs> as lowly astrologers out there in internet land you know um doing mm-hmm. our best to get the work out there um so it's it's fun to have a listener as a guest it's just absolutely it's neat it's like oh yeah it's real. It's not just a number on a, a, a track tracking system. It's a, it's, it's just, feedback. Yeah. It's feedback. Yeah. Totally. Knowing totally. we are making an impact and, and yeah. also that astrology at large is really reaching people. And I think mm-hmm. that that's the most important thing is that, mm-hmm. and then what we're trying to convey and, um, it's just bringing this to more ears and helping people learn and understand this so that the world can be a better place. Yeah, Totally. We really totally. believe that it can be a better place with astrology. I do too. You know, in fact, sometimes I think astrology is is the answer. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. You I've know. gone there too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know it's part of an overall system, but I just can you imagine if everyone on Earth knew their birth chart? It would be incredible for compassion. Honestly, oh, yeah. I know. 
it would increase the overall collective compassion of the, you know, just the world. Absolutely. If everybody knew about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, if you're talking to someone who's 14 and he's being a little prick, you're like, Oh, Saturn square. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, whatever it might be. Saturn uh, opposition. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Um, yeah. You know, like you, if you know these trends, Oh wow. They're really feeling anxious and like they need to break out and be free. You're in this opposition. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. So I, I get that. I'm with you. I follow your mood. Um, and go do what you need to do with that, you know? So yeah, yeah better so. understanding ourselves, better understanding each other. And that really is just what would help us all kind of, I don't know, work better together in making this life more pleasurable and less horrific to watch and witness and participate in. Yeah. And also, of course, it's that, it's that piece about why are we here? It's like the chart is like, this is why. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Purpose. This is why. This is why you're here. Like, Mm -hmm. this is what got set up. This is why it got set up. And this is what you're supposed to do. And, and, and as you know, I continue to do that in my chart, you know, I'm not there. It takes a lifetime to, to get to embrace the North node or the Pluto polarity point or whatever it is. Um, every time I do it though, I make a conscious decision to choose the non-habitual pattern response. I grow and I'm rewarded. And so I've seen it work in my life. I've seen astrology work in my life. So, um, I mean, it's a tool that helps us define our purpose. What? That's amazing. So It's incredible. Okay. All right. Well, uh, listeners, enjoy uh, Miss Jane. She's fabulous. We're so happy she was on the show with us. And, yeah, donate if you want to have an experience like this. And we hope that you get a lot out of, out of this episode and learn and grow and contact us with any kind of questions or concerns. Uh, Bridging Realities, look it up. We have the, the website, Facebook. Bridgingrealities.com. And we're also on Instagram. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. And iTunes. <laughs> and <laughs> anyway. iTunes. Yeah. Enjoy, everybody. Yes. All right, everyone. It's the full moon episode. <laughs> it's the full moon episode. Yes. <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. So this is our experimental um, first go of this, right, Danny? We, this is, we've talked about this for about a month now, but this is our, yeah. our go at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so here we are on a full moon, uh, Danny and myself sleepless, a uh, little wonky, uh, yeah. <laughs> as full moons tend to do for us individuals. Uh, I had some friends show up at the last minute on the Aquarius full moon last night, which was appropriate. And uh, we sat outside for a very long time and it was basically like sitting in the sun. It was so bright. It was incredible. Um, so this is why oftentimes on full moons, we don't sleep because it's, we're so illuminated in the middle of the night and it's hard to process um, in an unconscious way, when the when the moon is full, we really tend to process in more of a conscious way because everything's lit up and it's kind of like daylight in the middle of the night. Um, so anyway, so I wanted to just mention that as we go into the podcast today, that I'm wonky, Danny's wonky. We'll see how Jane's feeling today. But um, yeah, anything you want to say uh, to get us going with our episode today, Danny? Um. Yeah, just I was just going to echo what you had to say about the the full moon and you know just feeling into that vibration of uh everything being illuminated and and kind of heightened 
So I'm just feeling into that in my body. I can really tap into that energetically and the full moon is landing at my first house. So it makes sense Mm -hmm. that it would be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's landing on my son. Uh, so right. Yeah. It's on my ascendant. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Perfect. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, um, so we might talk a little bit more about the full moon itself and, and what the, intentions behind an Aquarius full moon might be. Uh, but while we integrate that into the conversation, let's go ahead and, uh, invite our winner onto, <laughs> onto the episode. Um, Miss Jane, welcome to Bridging Realities. We're so happy you won and you're here and you're our guest today. Well, thanks. And it's always fun to be called the winner. <laughs> <laughs> listen i have uh aquarius uh is my rising sign Mm -hmm. and i slept fine last night however at about six o'clock well no a little bit earlier five or six o'clock i got a really a strong urge to go out and build a fire pit at six o'clock last night uh, my orchard and so i'm attributing that to full moon energy even though i don't know if it's true or not oh totally yeah (laughs) In fact, I'm looking. I have a medicine wheel. Eugenia knows I have a medicine wheel out there, and so I built the 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 fire pit right beside the medicine wheel because every full moon I have women over. We have a full moon gathering, and so we all determined that we needed a fire pit, and so last evening seemed like the time to do it. Perfect. Absolutely. Yes. Love it. Well, and with this full moon, it was not only just in your first, but it was on Chiron, uh, the wounded healer. And nice. and I know that you're finding a lot of healing from these earth practices that you're starting to really incorporate into your life. So that I, makes tons of sense. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about that. See, this is why you guys are the experts. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you know, the fact that it is an Aquarius, that some of the the healing that you will heal yourself through, but also from is, is around community and group and belonging and having the support from that collective feeling. Uh, So your medicine is to unite with that Aquarian energy with, with a tribe and heal together. And so uh, the moon is going to always illuminate that as it goes in, in through Aquarius. So that's kind of a neat thing. Hmm. All right. So before we uh, get into it any further, uh, let's have the listeners get Jane's info so we can, everyone can cast a chart and follow along with us. Uh, Again, if you do not have a professional program, astro.com is a brilliant resource along with um, Cafe Astrology. Those are two great websites where you can cast nice charts. Danny and I will be using the whole sign house system uh, as we have transferred and um, transitioned into the whole sign house pretty permanently. Well, not permanently, yeah. but pretty well, standard. Yeah, pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Solid shift. Solid shift. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so the information for Jane uh, for her chart is going to be November 2nd, 1959, 1.28 p.m., Battle Creek, Michigan. And that will put her ascendant at one degree Aquarius. Uh, And just for those of you 
not casting the chart, maybe you're driving or floating around. Uh, Jane has a, a very packed 11th and 10th house, which we're going to probably mention. Um, so she, her son is in Scorpio in the 10th, conjuncting Mars, Neptune, Juno, Midheaven, Athena. Um, she's got the moon conjuncting Mercury, Jupiter, Antares, uh, um, and Ceres in, in the, the 11th. And then we'll get into some, some more stuff with that. But just to give us an idea, there's a lot going on at the top of Jane's chart as we start to move into this. Um, and we asked Jane as we started the recording, what would you like us to kind of concentrate on and look at today? And she said, how do you, how do you start reading a chart was your question, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So I think what we're going to do is before we get your story, Jane, I, I, I'm kind of into the idea of Danny and I going into your chart and giving our own kind of personal interpretations of it and then talking to you and seeing if it resonates. Sure. I, I like the idea of viewers or listeners really seeing how each astrologer is going to conceptualize this chart with our own flavor and then how that might show up in the life of, of Jane afterwards. So uh, anyway, so why don't we do that, Danny? Do you want to start it? Would you like me yeah. to start it? Yeah, go. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when I'm looking at a chart, you know, there's a couple of places that I, I have a few different starting points. Um, it's not always the same uh, recipe or formula each time. But what I see in your chart is, um, a, you know, some stellium action, which is a cluster of planets in conjunction. So that is drawing my attention. Um, but a lot of the times I do spend uh, just the first introduction of a session talking about what I call the Trinity, which is the sun, the moon, and the ascendant, which kind of, oh, good. Okay. So, <laughs> um, which make up the, you know, fundamental parts of the personality. And then of course, looking at the signs uh, where the luminaries are and also the aspects that they're making to other planets. Um, and I do spend a little bit of time just if there is kind of focused attention around the energies of the signs. So like if somebody has a lot of earth in their chart or they don't have a lot of earth, like what kind of person that's going to indicate, you know, where their strengths, weaknesses, et cetera, are going to be. Um, and then how, you know, how much cardinal fixed or mutable energy they have as well. Um, so that's kind of where I start. Um, do you want to talk about where you start, Eugenia, or do you want me to just dive into what I would say about yeah, James' well, chart? Yeah, I'll say the same, how I start, and then we'll have you dive into it. So I'm, I'm similar. I always start with the sun, the moon, and the rising. Um, and I tell clients this, but uh, I'll, I'll mention it here. Uh, it's because I learned astrology in Santa Fe. And I, I think a lot of astrologers probably start here. I've, I've asked some people. I've got, I haven't gotten clear answers, but uh, when I lived in Santa Fe, everywhere you go, <laughs> when you meet someone for the first time, you say, what's your moon sign, your sun sign and your rising sign. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's like the, you know, in such a astrologically fluent culture, it's, it's such a instant thing to ask a, a person because you like Danny saying, you get the full, not the full, but you get a fairly uh, well-rounded understanding of their basic personality. And I just want to add to that. I, I, I mention this oftentimes with with clients, but the part of the reason why those are the basic personalities characteristics is they're the most conscious 
pieces of our chart. And the reason for that is that everybody, uh, so most of my clients who walk in, not most, but a lot of them don't even know their sun sign. So it would be challenging for me to describe Pluto right off the bat because that doesn't make much sense. However, when I say to a client, do you know where the sun is right now? They're like, yeah, it's right there in the sky. Great. Do you know where the moon is right now? They're not usually as aware of that, but they're usually pretty aware if it's a full or crescent or sort of roughly where it is. Uh, And then I can say, do you know where the eastern horizon is? And they said, yeah. And I said, and you know how the sun rises in the east? Yeah. Well, so do constellations. So they're conscious pieces of outer space that everybody knows about. And then I ask a client, do you know where Pluto is right now? No. Do you know where Jupiter is right now? No. Uh, so as we go further and further into the solar system, the, it's, to me, it's like we go deeper and deeper into the psyche. But at the basic, basic personality, uh, we see the sun, the moon, and the rising because those are the most conscious pieces of outer space. So subsequently, they're the most conscious pieces we will both give to others but also pick up about others. So, um, and then I do that. And then I usually, like you said, Danny, you see that there's that stellium, there's those cluster of planets in her 11th and 10th house, uh, a concentration that's very grabbing, right? So the eye from my eye, like you, it goes straight to that kind of area. Cause it's, it's so obvious to say, look at me. Um, so, right. So I'll see anything that's really obvious and I'll go there. And then I usually pretty quickly move into the nodes and Pluto. So that's, that's how I kind of start to jump into a chart. So there's a real similarity there. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so yeah, I guess, well, I don't know how rudimentary we want to make this, but I, I do feel like a lot of my, cause I do get a lot of first timers. I explain what, you know, the luminaries mean, what they represent and all that. So I guess I'll just do that for everybody who's listening, whether you're a novice or, uh, you know, you really do this professionally or not. So, um, I part, pardon me if some of this is repetitive, but, um, when we're looking at the sun sign, we're, we're looking at how one shines out into life, you know, basic identity, you know, how they take up space and how, um, their energy is expressed. So it's a lot about self-expression. And for you, Jane, um, you have your son in the sign of Scorpio, which is ruled by Pluto. And this brings about a charismatic, charming personality, someone who's very passionate, um, intense, and deep, um, even a little bit suspicious or dark or kind of interested in um, the darker elements or aspects of life, like death and sex right. and transformation and all those really cool things that, um, well, they're cool things for me, but uh, a lot of people don't think they're cool. Nobody uh, wants to talk about those Exactly. All the taboo subjects. So that kind of is, uh, you know, woven into your personality and how you express yourself in this lifetime. And it's also conjunct, uh, Mars, the planet of action and direction and, um, kind of like our energy, our, our sense of what we give out to people. So with the, with the sun and Mars conjunct, there, there's a lot of energy there. There's a lot of direction. And because it's in your 10th house of career, there's a lot of focus around your public life and what you're offering to the community at large. Um, you also have Neptune there. And Neptune and Mars together can kind of bring, well, and it's actually only a three-degree difference with your sun and Neptune. So there can be an essence of, you know, I mean, certainly an intuitive sense that you have, even maybe a psychic ability um, to tap into kind of the deeper, darker realms of things where you have access, where other people may not have that. Mm -hmm. Um, And also maybe a little bit of confusion about 
you know, the energy that you're putting off, not being able to see clearly who you are, um, where as other people can see you more clearly, um, and can, you know, kind of reflect that back to you. Has that ever been your experience? Um, yes. A lot of the times, Mm -hmm. um, I'm also rather introverted and I was a radio host for a long, long time. And so that was a little bit, (laughs) a little bit of a problem because, Yeah. (laughs) yeah, because, you know, on the radio, I was great, but then in groups, one-on-one people were a little shocked that I wasn't quite so effusive and, um, you know, quite as gregarious as I was on the radio. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's very common with Scorpio too, because they're, you know, kind of like under the surface, under the radar, even though they are charismatic and passionate and powerful people. Um, it's kind of like this subtle power that's like, you know, um, just, yeah, under the radar, I want to say, you know, in the shadows. Kind of scary. Sometimes. Yeah, a little scary, a little creepy, you know, but, <laughs> but that's part of your power too. So it, it's a superpower in a way. Um, yeah. So those are just like, you know, that, that those fundamental pieces of your identity. And then moving to your moon sign, which represents your emotional life and how you nurture yourself, how you nourish yourself and um, just how you are as an emotional person in the sign of Sagittarius really brings such a different energy to this Scorpio vibe that you've got going on. It really lightens things up. Um, and with the moon conjunct Jupiter, there's a sense of, um, generosity, gregarious personality, you know, the way in which you give yourself to others is very, you know, um, open and you may even feel your emotions really extremely, you know, just like, whoa, really expansive, big capacity to feel. Um, and then with, Mar or I'm sorry, with Mercury conjunct there as well, I would say that you probably have a really good sense of humor, um, mm-hmm. and an ability to kind of just look on the bright side of things, um, when things are kind of getting into that dark space. So I think that's a really nice compliment to the heaviness and the intensity of the Scorpio energy that's there. Um, and, and of course with that cluster kind of up in that quadrant of your, chart, you know, there's definitely your involvement with community, with friends, with your ideals and your goals. Those are ways in which you might feel nourished in this lifetime Yeah, is connecting with other people. So even though, you know, you're on the radio and you're not necessarily one-on-one with people, you are connecting with a a larger group, um, which really is indicative of the 11th house community. Um, yeah. And then an Aquarius rising, which I have as well, brings a nice, uh, weirdo quality, which just really (laughs) makes everything (laughs) that much more fun (laughs) and interesting. You know, Um, I'm married to an Aquarius too. So there's double weird, (laughs) double weird. It's It's perfect. Well, you do have Uranus in the seventh house, so I'm not surprised. Totally. Um, yeah. Flag frequently. Yes. 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 And that's what this full moon is really about is like, you know, letting your freak flag fly. So you're doing it, um, by being on our show and letting people know about who you are. Um, but yeah, Aquarius risings, they're, you know, definitely here to do things differently. They look different. You know, you might have a certain way of dressing or style or the way you express yourself to others, um, might just have a certain kind of, flair that's different than, um, the norm and certainly, you know, an interest in certain things like astrology, metaphysics, um, and just being a change agent in this world for, you know, kind of helping people see a different perspective of life. So that's kind of my fundamental piece for Jane there. What do you have to add to that, Eugenia? 
Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Um, okay, I'll add a few things as well. Uh, I'll yeah. I'll kind of uh, um, yeah. I'll kind of explain a little how. Yes. Okay. I'll go for it. I'm just going to go for it. I, I, I'd like to also bring in also that, that piece about the full moon happening on your ascendant and Chiron and to kind of complement all of that information as well. But right. So when I look at the chart, one of the first things I, I, I really look at with clients and talk to them about, you know, of course I do the sun, the moon and the rising, but I think actually before I even do that, I really encourage people to close their eyes and, and put themselves in the environment that they uh, came into. So I started at a fairly um, macro level. So I, 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 I draw the line in the chart. So when we see the ascendant, um, it's either the AS or AC, as some programs use. That's considered the eastern horizon. The DS, the DC, or sometimes it's not on any chart, is the western horizon. So I really encourage people to draw that line in the chart and really look at anything that was above you when you were born and what was below you when you were born. And so when we can kind of just put ourselves in that feeling and let's say we could see all of the things in the sky all the time. When Jane came out of the womb and had the cord to oneness cut, which she and all of us would ultimately go on to, to look for, for the rest of our lives. Um, but started this quest, uh, of individuation on the planet. Uh, there was a lot above you, right? There was a lot hanging out above you. So, yes. so right. So Saturn was up there, Ceres, Antares, Jupiter, Moon, Mercury, Athena, Midheaven, Juno, Sun, uh, Mars, Neptune, Vesta, North Node, uh, Venus, Pluto, and Uranus. Okay. So pretty much everything, <laughs> pretty much everything. Absolutely. So you have to just really feel, feel that, like feel what it's like when all of the planets are on top of you. It's hard. Yeah, it's intense. <laughs> it, it's very intense, right? So not only can you feel it from a personal level, like, and in in again, we have to consider that planets do have a gravitational pull, right? So this is, you know, there's these big debates in the astrological and scientific communities about do the gravitational pulls on planets affect ours? That's a totally different podcast to be had. Um, however, we just had this beautiful um a meteor shower a, a few days ago or last week or something. And the reason it was so powerful was because Jupiter was so close to earth that the gravitation of Jupiter was essentially um, pulling these asteroids uh, and stars and shooting things in the sky closer to our atmospheric uh, uh, dome. Uh, so we could see them more. And so there is effects of the gravitational pulls of planets. So if you can consider that each planet with its own personality, its own archetype, its own ecosystem was right above Jane. Just imagine what that feels like. You know, what does that feel like when all of that's on top of you? That's a lot of weight on one's shoulders. Okay. And, and then I, and then I take it a little bit uh, into a different thing. Now, what were the people around you looking like? What were they acting like? What were they feeling like when you opened your eyes and started to create your reality? Well, the sun was right above you, right? So it was daytime. The moon was also right above you. 
it wasn't qu- quite a new moon, um, uh, but it was had been close to one, and uh, so it was uh, uh, just off a new a new moon. Uh, the moon was out. Uh, probably people couldn't see it. Uh, it was there. Mars was there. So there was activity in the in the on the earth around you i would imagine it's 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 around noon 128 uh people were going to work people were talking people were having discussions there was a lot of noise one would imagine um especially because it was right after a new moon especially because pluto's up there and venus and all these different things so you probably came into the world hearing a lot and seeing a lot um very quickly whether you were conscious of it or not whereas let's imagine somebody was born with all of that below them Right. There's less access to that, to, to, to feel that through the core of the earth. Uh, those gravitational energies were uh, less accessible if someone has all that in, in the bottom part. So, right. So if we're looking at it from a fairly macro perspective, one would imagine that Jane uh, has a big curriculum in the public, a big curriculum of being seen and maybe having challenges around being seen simply based on the fact that so much was going on above you that it's like you're trying someone would maybe try to keep up with that energy especially when they're young um because that's the energy frequency in which you came into the world so that's the macro way i just wanted to name that as well um from kind of a visual standpoint so uh, does any of that resonate am i making any sense no, it does. And it, especially when you talk about, I mean, I feel like I, I, I look at my chart and listen to what you guys are saying. And it's like, I had to be a, a radio host. Totally. <laughs> I had to be a writer, totally. I had to be a radio host. I had to be a performer of some sort. I had to be in the public eye and, um, and be comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like right there. It's like, what else could I have done? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. You know? Right. And you were on the radio during the day. In fact, I had listened to Jane on the radio as a child. Um, so, you know, she was affecting large amounts of people. And, and when do we usually listen to the radio? When we're in our car commuting, right? right? So we're, and we're like, we're bumping up against each other. It's traffic. It's like congested oftentimes. And you have a congested chart in the public uh, sphere, Mm-hmm. Right. It's like there's a congestion of all that energy above you. Um, and so you have with Mercury conjuncting the moon, like Danny was saying, the moon, of course, is it's how we process. It's how we work through life. And yours is conjuncting Mercury, the dude who talks all the time and the dude who is the messenger God and can shape shift and talk to anybody and go anywhere in the sign of Sagittarius the philosopher, ideas, values, what's going on in the culture, how does that affect us, in Aquarius, uh, the, uh, the group. So it's, it's, it's totally primed for you being a disc jockey, right? It's totally, it, it's all of that. You talk, you, you're, you know, when you're on the radio, you, you don't know who's listening to you, right? You have to somehow right. adapt to different cultures, different languages, uh, different music tastes, and so on and so forth. Um, right. and, and that's an adaptable placement with Mercury, Moon, Sag, 11th house. So, um, so that's something I just wanted to, to throw in there. Uh, yeah. oh, and sorry. just something I want to add is just, you know, Mercury, it's, it, it's an eight degree orb, but it's still conjunct your midheaven. So mm-hmm. that is also, you know, you being a, a public speaker, mm-hmm. you know, whether you're seen visibly or not really is speaking to that. Yes. Right. 
Right. Right. Yeah. It's interesting actually. Right. Cause it's in Scorpio. So it's like, right. You know, yeah. you know, Scorpio is like unseen. It's the mm-hmm. underworld. It's like what we can't taste, touch and feel. And here you are affecting all these people and nobody knows what you even look like. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, there's a secrecy, but there's that's the beauty of it. Totally. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's still, you're right. The hidden aspect of it, I think, is what's intriguing. And, you know, a lot, people always say, why don't you go on TV? You know, you're really good. You could go on TV. And it's like, no, I don't, I don't want to be on TV. I don't want to be right. recognized. I don't want to be recognized everywhere 24 mm-hmm. 7. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Scorpio would just, that would be challenging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and especially, like Danny had mentioned, your son is conjuncting mars and mars is also the traditional ruler of scorpio right mm-hmm. so it's it's extra it's at home there totally, yeah totally and jupiter is at home in in the sign of sag as well so mm-hmm. um yeah. absolutely yeah. yeah so if we're um so so how's it so is this kind of helping to guide you jane in terms of how we start jumping into a chart is this starting to feel like yeah. okay i'm grabbing this this is kind of coming together yeah, it feels like it's because like, it's like you build it. There's a foundation. It's mm-hmm. like building a house. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the foundation yes. are obviously those three things. Mm-hmm. And then you start looking at the, you know, the conjunctions, mm-hmm. what's close to what in what sign. Mm-hmm. And so then, the yeah, you're layering on the energies is how it how it appears to me and how it feels to me. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. How it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's the, why the blueprint uh, metaphor for astrology, I think, is really fitting. Um, you know, people say, oh, it's, this is, you're looking at a blueprint of your potential in this lifetime. And I, I always say that, you know, it is like that and it's, it's flat when you're just looking at it, but when you actually start to construct Mm. the walls and put things up. And then of course, with free will, um, I know some people don't believe in that, but you know, let's say we have it, um, we get to decide how we're going to engage with the spectrum that these archetypes express themselves through. And then of course, the more aware we become, we have more control or, you know, I would say choice, um, as to how we want to engage with the energy that's, you know, in our chart. So how do we want to decorate the house that we've built for ourselves or that we've, you know, come to live in, in this lifetime, those kinds of things. But then there's the outside variables, the fact that the, these energies that are set in stone when you're born, that's unique to you and no one else, but then how did, how it interacts throughout your time on earth mm-hmm. with everything that's going on above you in the heavens. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And then the collective energy that, that, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it's, it seems like it's a blueprint and a map, but it's such a crapshoot. <laughs> well, there's so many layers too, because there's also your progress chart, which is basically your chart turned on, you know, it's like mm-hmm. turning on a wheel and, and then watching how you've, you're evolving through life and how you're responding you know, to life as it's happening to you. Mm-hmm. So you get to kind of look at these different charts and see who you are as a person. And really it becomes a hologram. It's like all of these different pieces fitting together, uh, uh, you know? Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like how people show up in, in your life also as, you know, Saturn, like the Saturn people in your life or the Jupiter people in your life or the Uranus people in your life. Like everybody takes on a certain archetype to reflect back to you how that shows up in your chart. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 It It makes sense, but it's like mind blowing. It is. It's so (laughs) mind blowing. Astrology is so mind blowing. It is mind blowing. It is mind blowing. Oh my God. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, yeah, right. And, and so with those, like, right, the progressions and the transits, um, for me, I don't know how you're, you work with this, Danny, but I know it takes me actually a number of sessions before I introduce a progress chart. I don't know if that's, how do you deal with progress charts? I, well, it depends. I usually, when I start out sessions, I usually ask people what their intention is. What do they want to look at? Because, you know, there's just so many parts to a chart to, we could spend like weeks and weeks and years even pulling all the pieces apart and well, dissecting right. them, you know? We've been doing um, that for years yeah, ourselves. But yeah. really for me, I, I always look and see what's going on for somebody um, specifically in terms of if they're going through crisis or whatever it is, or if like their change, you know, their progressed moon is changing signs or their progressed sun, like any type of significant shifts, mm-hmm. um, I'll pay attention to specifically around predictive astrology and, and correlating that with transits in the chart, um, and the natal promise, which, you know, I'm always kind of looking for, you know, the, like a series of threes, like, oh, this is showing up here as well. Mm-hmm. So then it's really something to focus on attention on. So I always pay attention to it. Sometimes I don't mention it if it's not mm-hmm. really relevant, mm-hmm. but, um, I find lately that I've been using it more and more because I do think it's really helpful and mm-hmm. predictive slash, um, you know, not telling people what, what's going to happen to them, but pretty much like explaining, well, this is, this might be why you're feeling this way kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I think for me, I, I typically, I hold, I hold often at least describing it to folks for, for quite a few sessions, uh, for me, because you know, I think the work I do is so deeply embedded in psychology. Um, and you know, uh, uh, you know, I, I really, when I, I get to know clients, I want to really learn them, you know, first and, and, and help me understand how these, these pieces unfold. So for example, uh, I had a chart yesterday, I believe, um, I don't remember whose it was, but, you know, there was this, this aspect that had shown up, you know, for years in people's lives, this one way. And then this person, it didn't show up like that at all, but it was the same essence, but it was, it was such a a different kind of archetype of it. Um, I, I wish I could come up with the example. And so I like, you know, really getting into how, you know, how does this show up for each individual and really, um, hearing more about their story. And then typically when I've started working with someone a little bit more, you know, I always talk about transits that comes in all the time, but, uh, then I kind of start moving into progressions in terms of then expanding the understanding of this, of the psyche, at least for me, uh, cause it helps me kind of move into it, um, more gradually. Um, so, uh, so that's, uh, my uh, take on uh, progressions and kind of layering that in. Um, so yeah, so, uh, oh gosh, there's so much still to, to, um, go through. Uh, so progressions, right. The layering of it and right. And you talked about the culture and I wanted to bring that in, uh, right. So that's an important piece of it too. When I have people start to picture the environment, which they, they came into this world. Um, I have them look at, was it daytime? Was it nighttime? What did that feel like? Uh, you know, if you're born in the season of Scorpio, this is of course, um, what like mid fall in some cases late, in some cases early, depending on where you are, but it's fall time and 
it's it's certainly when things are starting to die. Um, and so just two days prior to Jane's birthday was Halloween. And so I really encourage um, people to think about the cultural climate when you came to the planet. So, um, you know, every year before your birthday, you literally celebrate dead things, right? Uh, or the culture around you does. Um, Dia de los Mortos, all of those beautiful yes. traditions. Mm-hmm. And so while you're blowing out the birthday candle cake, everybody's, uh, you know, packing up their Halloween costumes. So that's a really, really different culture to be born into and then subsequently celebrate one's life each year than, uh, say, mine. I'm an Aquarius. Uh, when I was born, it's just really cold and dark out and isolated. Uh, and, and subsequently I'm a fairly cold, dark, isolated person. No, (laughs) I'm joking. Um, but you know, I have those, I have some of those tendencies actually, to be honest. Um, and so, uh, whereas like when Danny was born, it was the beginning of spring, it was Taurus and it was very sensual and it was very beautiful and warm and delicious, uh, as plants were beginning to grow. In fact, when Danny was born and Jane was born was literally six months apart. So Danny is born when life is, when we're celebrating life, the coming of life, the spring, uh, Jane is born as we're leaving it, as we're watching it depart and go back into the dark. And so these really, they, 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 certainly affect affect the template of our personality. But then I even go further out. What was the political climate? What was the, what were the historical events occurring in 1959? What, what was the climate of the time? And so if I'm, if I'm a really good astrologer, I, I'd actually have some dates and um, events that were occurring around that time and layer that into the psyche. But um, I'm usually not that good of an astrologer. And so I can give more generalizations. So we're really warming up for the late sixties when you were born. So we're at this, this revving up stage for transformation. And there's this, uh, this urging new uh, revolution about to begin. Um, and so just the, the heat of all of that and how that would then, uh, uh, of course, affect one's psyche as well versus, say, a child being born now. My God, uh, they're going to feel really different. They're actually f- going to feel the revving up of a revolution as well. Um, but during the midst of a, an incredible time of transformation that is already occurring while they're in the womb and while they're being born and coming to life. So very transformative type people are being born right now because we're having major transformation. So, uh, so those are some layers I just want to mention, as you had mentioned the cultural context, Jane, as well. So the, let me, so this brings to mind that when, um, we're forming in the womb or whatever, and, and mm-hmm. those influences, the planetary influences, that kind of energy is basically zooming into all humans, all of humanity, Always. Mm-hmm. And then, so then that f- sort of flowers with the next generation. It's, it's almost like a prism. It's almost like the energy mm-hmm. is into, you know, for instance, my mother in 1959. Mm. And then, but it kind of shoots into me as a zygote. Exactly. Exactly. That's That's well, think about um, when you're in the womb. So I use this analogy on a, a recent podcast, but let's say that uh, someone was in the womb or in thy mother's arms. So still really connected. So we really look at in, in really the best case scenario, we, we really want mom to be 
mom and or dad to be quite attached to the child for the first three years, if we can. That's like in terms of psychology and, and the findings that researchers have discovered, we, we recognize that those first three years are crucial, but namely the first three months. So like if the parents aren't around, that's a whole different curriculum, right? That's a whole, if someone is uh, adopted, you're going to see that in a chart oftentimes. Um, if if, the, if there was wildly insecure attachment, nobody was around that child for the first three months, we'll probably see that. But for a lot of us, we're still being breastfed. We're still we're still really united to source, right, to the mother. Um, and whatever she is responding to in the environment, that the child is metabolizing, right, and, and believing that this is what the world looks like, feels like, and tastes like. But that's not the case. Even if uh, so, the, the example I used it was nine eleven. So if a child is either in the womb during nine eleven or being nurtured in the arms of a woman watching the towers fall, we can certainly imagine that that is going to affect their personality, their psyche. Imagine a mother watching her country get bombed, essentially holding a brand new child. You know, that is why this generation of kids who were born at that time are going through quite a lot right now. If you want to listen back to the Pluto and Sagittarius generation podcast, that will go into that to much more extent. But right. So we are and that's a sociological, psychological, scientific agree, agreed upon statements across the boards of mental health is that the child metabolizes the the hormones the the frequencies and so on and so forth of the mother so right so it's it's right from the moment the sperm hits the egg we start to to become the parent and then then the parent is responding to their culture and to their parent and right and these are the vortexes and patterns of of, of what we are working with, what we're born with, and ultimately what we can thrive with and what challenges us and, and what we're supposed to do with that energy. But when you can say to a client, listen, like you're born, for example, Jane is born with Pluto and Virgo, the, there's a deep curriculum with your generation around perfection and regulation and yes. um, hard work and um trying to get it right and trying to sort it out. Obama's like a really good example of that. Like the regulators. Um, uh, what do we see as you guys became, came of age, you guys, there's a lot of rules now. Like you have to wear a seatbelt and you have <laughs> to wear a helmet and you have to, you know, there's all these rules and regulations uh, from your generation. And so that's a collective a deal. And you guys were just trying to keep it together while the world was falling apart. I mean, you guys were teenagers in the late sixties, right. In the early seventies, like you were still fairly innocent, adaptive and the world was falling apart. And what happens when we experience trauma, oftentimes we overcompensate with control. And so you have your, your, your generation responds to the, the trauma and the chaos in the world through trying to control it. Uh, so this is very different than Danny and I's curriculum with Pluto being in Libra. But it's so interesting because it's these generational energies. It's almost like we're a tribe. It's like a tribe. Absolutely. We have similar energies and similar, which is why I think the current stuff that's happening is so interesting because it just kind of has to. It has Everything has to play out the way mm-hmm. that it has to play out mm-hmm. because of these generational energies. Mm-hmm. And 
yeah, because you guys obviously are going to the new the norm. What's normal for you is not what's normal. Totally. For for my, you know, people that were born before you in my generation and before my and, you know, people born before me. So that makes uh, so much sense. There's yeah. Just an energetic, the energetic, um, like narratives, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and it's amazing, too, to think about what's coming in the future, mm. what's coming down the pipeline, because, you know, I was just talking to my mother yesterday and she was born in 1944. So she's totally in a different, you know, generation. But um, she's uh, we were talking about transgender and just, you know, sexuality and I mean, really good stuff to talk to parents about. And, you know, just mentioning to her, like, you know, in my generation, personally, I mean, and also the people who I obviously associate with or who are conscious and open-minded and all this, you know, it's kind of like, who cares? Whatever you want to be, be it, you know? But in her generation growing up, it was like, you, you know, there was a certain way to do things and that, you know, if you don't, if you step outside of that, it's really scary and dangerous. You better be careful mm-hmm. and, and all those things. And it's very difficult for them to not, for, for them to see it the way you see it or the of way course. I, yeah. of course. Yeah. And I just like, think about the generations to come, you know, my own children, future children, it's like, what are they going to be doing that I'm going to be like, Whoa, <laughs> what are you talking about? That is crazy. You know? Mm-hmm. So I'm just so curious to see how it's all going to play out. And, but I think it's, I always come back to the piece and, and this is also something that I work with when I do family constellations of working with families and seeing how charts interact with one another and how, um, we carry the lineage through our charts is, you know, energy is always trying to seek resolution and harmony and equilibrium and change really. So we're always trying to seek some new expression of something. So there's just always this momentum and, and motion forward to kind of create something that's totally different than what it was before. And so with each generation, um, we're working through whatever, you know, the previous generation didn't complete, um, so that we can complete that. And then of course we make our own mistakes that get, you know, completed by the following generation. So it's really kind of cool. And it's always going to be like that. You know, everybody says, Oh, this generation is crazy or, Mm -hmm. you know, what's happening with the world. It's insane. It's like, actually, no, it's pretty brilliant what's going on. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, I mean, it's also insane, but it's, it's always been like that. I don't think that that's really going to change. It's why the Zodiac is a wheel. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just, you know, goes around and around and around. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it's all, it's all necessary for the whole, right? It's just layers and layers upon each other. Right. Like Danny was mentioning with her mother, my mom's the same way. She was born in 48. And so they're both in the Leo generation. And when we think about Leo curriculum, it's about how do others see me? And they, I mean, they really care. It's like, oh yeah, and my mother is a Leo, and she's got like, Leo, so <laughs> oh, she cares shit. big time. <laughs> yeah. Damn, yeah, that's intense. Wow, wow, yeah, totally. Yeah, my mom's got actually, yeah, my mom's a Gemini, but she's got her son Uranus, Ceres, in the fifth, uh, of course, ruled by Leo. So it's, yeah, we have similar moms, and and it's just it's remarkable how much they care what people think about not just what they do, but about what we do. And I'm like, mom, like, who cares? Who cares how your friends perceive my life? How, how, you know, but we're the narcissistic extensions of them. I mean, they, 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 they babied us. They trophied us. They 
um, you know, they were, they did not keep us accountable. You know, there was no accountability. It was like, Oh, you know, you're my, my child. And there was just so much, whereas the cancer generation treated their children incredibly different, you know, um, you must value home and, and definitely, you know, so there's all these different layers of it. Right. And they affect each generation that follows and, um, right. And so, and of course you can look at all of that through Pluto. That's why Pluto's so huge. Uh, because it's looking at the cultural context of a of a child. So what is the generation you are in? Because it's it's hugely affecting. In fact, the, one of the friends that came over last night, she's 27, um, and and she, you know she's just like this really smart, beautiful, poetic girl. And she poetically talked about, I need you to just really imagine being a teenager with the internet accessible. She's like, we're really different than you guys, (laughs) you know? And even me and Danny, we're not that much older than her, but we didn't like, I barely had computers and internet in high school. I think by the time I got to college, there was email was now sort of, sort of a regular thing. Facebook didn't exist yet. Um, but you know, a teenager who had that access, she's like, we just, she's like, it's freaky how much access we had. And, And then the generations that follow. And so Yes. And so you can see all of that in the Pluto and then it gets really individualized when we start to then see the aspects to Pluto, see the house placement, the degrees and so on and so forth. Um, and that's why that, that, that hearty information is so rich and, and keep in mind, it's like the furthest guy out there in the solar system. So it's like, yeah, you're a, you're a Scorpio. That's great. Wonderful. And you're like a a gajillion times Scorpio. So it actually is important, but, um, you know, we can see that we can know that, but what, you know, what do you struggle with when you're in bed at night? That's, right. that's Pluto. Right. Um, nobody else knows yeah. that, but an yeah. astrologer. things aren't perfect. And that worry, I'm, I worry. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. And I feel, <clears throat> so that's why, oh my God, I tell everybody that they have to get their charts done and get a reading and they look at me, you know, people are just not, I wish everybody would do this. I know. Everybody needs to do this. I know it's like the a world ro- would be a better place it's if everybody better. knew themselves through astrology. I, I, I believe that 110% because people are constantly trying to figure out why do I do these things? Mm-hmm. Why can't I fix this? Why does this always happen to me? And it's like, Oh my God. Mm-hmm. It's right <laughs> yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, I actually, um, uh, heard something kind of intriguing, kind of looking at transits coming up, but I do think that, I think that it's a good time to be an astrologer. I do think there's a shift happening. Yes. Um, yeah. So we, we, we can do this podcast. We can speak to you. You can go out and talk to your full moon circle. You know, then maybe one of them finds interest. You guys start a study group. All of a sudden there's more people talking about it. It's, it's really like we have this curriculum, this sole mission to kind of, open up and make astrology accessible to people because it will change the world. It'll save the, you know, it'll, it'll, I mean, and we need it. We need it for where we're going and what's about to transform, you know, like <laughs> the coming shit storm. Yeah. <laughs> it's already here. Right. right. We're in, yes, we're, we're certainly in the, the I do think the that it explains so much to people and, um, that it's just, it's valuable. And so, yeah, so I encourage as many people as I can to, to start studying it and get a reading because I think Mm -hmm. particularly people my age Mm -hmm. who are, they've had, you know, they've hit 50, 
they're coming up maybe on a Saturn return and they just don't know what the hell they're going to do for the second act in their lives. And I just think this is invaluable. Mm-hmm. 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 Absolutely. Right. And there's, and that's, that's, that's the kind of fun part about meeting up with someone older who hasn't um, experienced this yet, because I just think it's so funny to be like, Oh, so what was going on on this date? And they're like eyeballs pop out of their heads. And I'm like, let me guess, like you moved or you, um, like yesterday I had a client and I said, I bet you had a, uh, did you uh, go through on this date? Did you go through an emotional breakdown? Like, were you hospitalized? I was. Okay. So that's what the chart just said to me. So there's a date. I saw it. You did not tell me you were hospitalized for anything ever. I never knew that's about you, but you have Uranus on your, your moon, uh, you know, conjunct Chiron in the 11th. Like, I would imagine you went through a mental breakdown, an emotional mental breakdown. It was aspecting some other things. And she was like, how did you know that? I'm like, well, you know, so when you can bring, when you can talk to somebody who has lived a life and had these events, and then somebody can go back and say, were these events occurring on these dates, that should give us a little credit for that this isn't bullshit. That Mm -hmm. how would I know that? How would I know that if I didn't have a chart in front of me? There's no way. Well, that's exactly like what brought me to it anyways, was just going and getting an astrology reading and being like, how do you know all this about me? (laughs) How is this possible? How do you know what I'm going through right now? And then, you know, of course, discovering. Yeah. And what I've been through. And then, I mean, that is really a cool thing when you get to start really diving into your own chart and getting to go back in the past and see, oh my God, yes, that's when this happened. That's when that happened. And you can start to see how certain planets play out through your chart. Mm -hmm. Certain transits are, might be more impactful for you than they are for other people. So Mm -hmm. that's a really cool thing to do as well. Right. And then you use it with clients. Like I've been there. This is what it felt like for me. So maybe like you, sorry, Jane. Well, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm good. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, I want to ask a question, please. Because I'm trying to learn to, you know, to read my chart and to see, you know, what's happening um, as it's happening. And so this past week, uh, the sun was right above my natal Uranus Mm -hmm. in Leo. Mm -hmm. And and my Uranus is like right across, it's uh, opposite, nearly opposite of Chiron Mm -hmm. in my my Mm -hmm. first house. So, would that, does that have an effect mm-hmm. when you've got, you know, when you've got the sun over one of your natal planets and then it's opposite Chiron, it just feels like it would have an effect. Oh yeah. And I would feel it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, what's happening in your relationship life right now? Well, it's not my relationship. Well, all right. Let me quickly say why I'm, I'm thinking about this. Um, I lost a dog in May, lost my dog in May. It was devastating. It was horrible. It was painful, but it was transformative as well. And it was a lot came out of it, a lot of her death. And um, I was not going to get another dog until at least 2017. Well, I had an opportunity um, from a friend in Colorado who had a puppy who had a heart issue. And the dog, the nine-week-old puppy, had open-heart surgery, fixed it. It's fine now, and I want him, and I'm going to get him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm hard. And oh. I'm like, okay, because Chiron is the wounded healer. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like my wounding from losing the other dog mm. sort of opened up and made me open, because I wasn't going to get another dog, but here's another dog 
who like needs me. Mm. Yeah. Wow. And you know, I mean, it makes sense because it's the sun would then be squaring where it was when your dog passed. And Mm -hmm. so it's, it's kind of like the, for squares, they can be tense aspects and it can be kind of like a place where a a place of crisis, but it's also a place of opportunity. So there, you know, and with the open heart, I mean, that to me is, is Leo because Leo leads with the heart. Um, yeah, absolutely. And it is a relationship. They almost named him Leo. That was one of the names. Oh, that's a good choice. Well, his name is Mojo because I figured Mojo is magic. (laughs) I love that. This was magic. Mojo. Oh, I love Mojo. That's so cute. Isn't it? (laughs) Right. And and, and to kind of add to that, you know, right. So you would want to go back to this date every year. Okay. So every year, 365 days, because that's that's the sun's transit. It's based on the earth going around the sun every 365 days. Um, It's a geocentric perspective. So every year... On when you're in the season of Leo, what happens? Mm-hmm. You know, so then you can you can see okay when the sun is in my seventh in Leo, these events tend to repeat. Um, right. So, like for example, whenever I'm in the season of Taurus, I've recognized because my moon is in Taurus, um, opposing Scorpio, and when the full moon in Scorpio occurs. Usually I, there's a breach of security for me, um, an actual breach of security. So like I've been frauded on that date a number of times, um, had things stolen from me on that date a number of times. Um, and so it's not like I'm going into it thinking that's going to happen, but you better believe before I go into Taurus season, I'm, I'm amping up my passwords and my security Mm -hmm. because my moon is in Taurus, which is all about security. And then when the full moon in Scorpio illuminates my moon, it's like, I really have to look at my deep relationship, emotional relationship with around security. Right. Right. And that happens every year. Uh, You can look into the moon. So every uh, moon cycle, the moon will go through each house. Right. So uh, so every time it's in the first, is there something highlighted around your Chiron and community? You know, do you you get together with friends and and talk about wounds or something like that, you know, or do you reevaluate your personality that particular day or or whatever that is? That'll be the full moon tonight. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Right mm -hmm. now. Yeah. 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 And and how perfect that you built a a communal space for healing work. That's what these ceremonies are is we are healing the feminine. All of us, we are actively pursuing healing the feminine. And what do you know? The full moon on your Chiron in Aquarius, this is going to illuminate your healing potential. Yeah. Bam. And <laughs> oh, sorry, we're all excited. I know. Um, and I just wanted to mention also with the sun conjunct Uranus there for you, you know, it's kind of like a surprise. You mm. didn't anticipate you were going to get another dog as Not soon as all. you did. Yeah. You know, like so right, we decided like the day, almost the day that they were conjunct because it right. was just out of nowhere. It was like, oh my gosh, we're going to get this dog. And uh, so, yeah, that's why I was wondering if that was if that made sense. So, yeah, it oh, does. yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the luminaries, they're, of course, like more day to day. And, you know, the, the personal planets, Venus and Mars and Mercury, you know, you can really pay attention to that if you really want to get close and um, up personal with your with yourself and follow that and track it. I mean, it's a really cool process to do it and just journal about it. I mean, I know whenever the moon goes through Capricorn, I'm 
just not happy person. (laughs) I mean, and then that's once a month, you know? So it's like, I'm guaranteeing, I'm like, okay, here we go, Capricorn, let's do this. You know? And I like isolate and hide out and I'm just moody as hell. So, um, yeah, but I think that absolutely, you know, that's something to pay attention to. In addition to the outer planet transits, which are of course, bigger, Mm -hmm. um, more unearthing events that really transform us on a fundamental level. Probably more transformational than just decisional, I guess, is what exactly. you would say. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, you know, we have a few more minutes here on this episode, Jane. So um, any last-minute questions or last-minute thoughts, or has this been helpful and clarifying? And do you think this uh, it's, has uh, amped up your astrology understanding and practice? Yeah, it has. I think it's it's it helps a lot. Um, awesome. And it's just I find that if I look at like I'll pull up the daily chart every single day and kind of look at it, and I'm starting to sort of intuit how mm-hmm. things work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, you know, I just need to study more. But you know what? It's summer, and I don't want to. <laughs> well, yeah, Jupiter is going to be transiting your ninth house though soon, so you have the next year. I can imagine with Jupiter transiting your ninth house of higher education, higher mind, learning, expansion, all that. And Uranus is still transiting your third house, which is usually a transit when people begin to study astrology. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I mean, well, and that's been happening since, what, 2010? Uh Yeah, Um, June of, I think it was June of 2010 when it went into Aries. So, Mm -hmm. you know, just thinking about that and using that and diving in. Okay, well, that's what I'll do then. As soon as... As soon as winter comes and I don't have anything to do. <laughs> right. There you go. You know what would be fun if you um, got this gathering of, of uh, women, uh, uh-huh. if you got their information oh. and you brought it to the circle. That's, uh, I, we know what we could do that tonight. I, I've already talked to a couple of them about um, and have looked at their charts. But, yeah, maybe we'll do that tonight. See if everybody knows their time of birth and all that stuff. Yeah. And you don't even, you know, you don't have to go into it, but, you know, the the next stage where you're at, I I would say, is now start talking to others about their charts. Yeah, and I, and start I, seeing. You know, I think once we do a, a fairly thorough self study of it, which you've been doing, um, it's it's a slow transition into looking into others because we have to build that internal confidence first, of course. Exactly. I thought, I feel like I'm going to say something that's going to you know you got to be careful what you say. I guess. You can't oh God, I ask questions ask questions Mm -hmm. that's the best way to go about it so that Mm -hmm. way you're not like plugging anything in you can just ask questions like well what is it like for you to what's your relationship with your home life what's your relationship to this or you know how do you express yourself in this way those kinds of things okay and and to be honest if if you then say something like so my first few readings I fucked up (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like I told a friend, this was when I was really into like past lives and stuff. And I was, I've never been into past lives, but I was into it in terms, that was how I was trained is looking at how Pluto might represent past lives in the South node. I rarely talk about that at this point, but, uh, I, I told a friend, like, I think you, this is so fucked up, but I told a friend for whatever reason in her chart, I said, I think maybe you were a, a priest who molested kids in your past lives. I'm so not surprised that you said that. I know. And she, she came to me like a month later, you know, I moved on with my life, never said anything. And she's like, you know, I had to go to therapy for like 
weeks because of that and I was like oh god and I was like okay note to self never say something like that again ever to anybody and so you know so and you know I remember my first actual paid client for 50 bucks um it was a man and um I was so nervous and it was like he was a super Libra and I was like well I just think you're gonna like relationships and like like the truth is he like had the hardest time with relationships. He was such a Libra that he, you know, you know, but I, I just, I, I, I was like, okay, you've got a lot of relationship stuff happening. So you must be in relationships all the time. And that of course wasn't the case. And so you, you do fuck up too, right? Like you got to go out and try it and see where you need to strengthen up and where you need to, you know, clean up and, and clear up uh, to not harm clients going forward. But, you know, I still probably say things that are harmful. Um, that's just part of it. And I don't mean to, but I might do that. And so I always invite clients, you know, if I said anything that didn't feel good or didn't resonate or is really disturbing you at this point, I really encourage you to follow up with me so we can talk through it. So, because I know that there's that room for interpretation and I could really, it is a very powerful role to be in. Um, and so as you're starting to, to inch into people's charts, just know that it is, you know, like anything, you do it so many times, you fuck up so many times, you learn so many times, right? So, you know, there's a, at some point you'll, you'll, after the questions and really getting into it, you'll, you'll do that very naturally, organically. And then all of a sudden you'll be a professional astrologer. <laughs> My chart says I should. A, well, there you go. It's yeah. a practice. I mean, this is like practice. not something that is an exact science. It's a poetic science. It's mm -hmm. all through the eyes of and the interpretation of the person who is looking at the chart. Right. So right. they're, you know, I think that's why scientists have such a hard time with it because they're like, but, 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 because it's mm -hmm. so, you know, expansive in its uh, interpretation and how things could be looked at. So, you know, there, to me, there's really no, whatever you're presenting, whatever information you're presenting to somebody, they're going to grab whatever is going to resonate exactly. with them. They're going to throw everything out exactly. that doesn't. And then, you know, for you, you know, you're just kind of a channel and, mm -hmm. and interpretate, interpreting what you see there. And, you know, whether it resonates or not is really not the point. You know, it's kind of like giving you the, the opportunity to kind of just learn about this. And then as you get to work with more people and get to see how they respond to it, then you can validate your own interpretations and say, oh yeah, that means this. And that always seems to show up like this. And then you get to see the patterns of how it plays out. Right. So I guess you just yeah. start off the three, like you said, the Trinity, the sun, the moon, and the yeah. totally. And totally. then keep it simple. Keep it simple. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds when you're good. ready to That's... go deep. Yeah. And then you'll notice a lot of the, you know, things too, like Danny's saying, it's so different for each astrologer. And after every session I have with the client, I, I stop and I uh, think about it. I said, what did I need to hear? Right. What, what right. was, what, why did that person walk into my life? And what was I saying to them that I need to hear for myself? Because then you can yeah. go into your chart and your client's charts and realize the vortex you're in with them and what you're learning from that. So it gets really deep, but you're right. It's this, it's this constant evolution of, of personal. Um, it's an exchange of, it's an exchange of energy, really. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Hugely. Yeah. So, well, this was fun. It was fun. Super fun. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for being our very first guest listener on uh, Bridging Realities, the astrology podcast. Jane, it's been an absolute pleasure to, to have you on. Well, yeah. thank you. 
Thanks a lot. It's been fun for me too. It was it was great. So awesome. thanks. Yeah, we'll share yeah. with friends, lovers, mothers, <laughs> brothers. You know, I'll share this with everyone I know. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. Yeah, thank wonderful. you, Jane. Yeah, and we hope those of you listening have picked up some musils and little nuggets of 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 information that will expand your practice of astrology and your understanding of self and life. Yes. So thank you all. Much love. Word. Have a great week. Absolutely. Talk soon.